This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What is going on, everyone? Welcome once again to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast. As always, it's your boy Armando. Glad to have you join the podcast today. Um, Today, it's going to be either October 13th or... I mean, no, I'm a recording. I always get this mixed up. It's October 13th today. I'm recording today. This episode is either going to come out the 18th of October or the 25th of October. The reason why I mention that is because there's been some developments in the national trail with Pickwick and some accusations of cheating and all that. Um, I'm sure most of you, regardless of when this episode comes out, most of you have heard about this. I am going to talk about that. Um, I've already talked to Drew Gregory about it. I already talked to some of the people involved in the protest. And I have a lot of things to say about it. But I'm waiting for some other information to come down the line before I express my full opinion on it. So assuming this came out the 25th of October, go check out the episode that it on the 18th of October. I should be the one talking about uh, whatever happened. If nothing comes out down the pipeline between t- the 13th and the 18th, then I'll probably air that episode the 25th. So that's in the works. Uh, for this episode, though, I have Randy Dotson. Uh, if you don't know Randy Dotson, he's one of the best kayak anglers here in Texas. He's always done pretty well at tournaments such as the Lone Star Throwdown. Last year, he did pretty well. This year, he actually won the Lone Star Throwdown, which is by far the biggest tournament we have here in Texas. This year was 187 anglers. We were fishing Belton or Steelhouse Lake. And I got a few things that I have to say about that tournament. First of all, thank you to Duke Tran, everybody at Marinade Sales, all their sponsors like Western Vodka, the cooks. The food was amazing. The atmosphere was awesome. The tournament was great. The fishing was tough, but it was fun. It was good. I do have some things that I want to get off my chest. First of all, um, as much as I love and respect Duke Trent, 
I, I, for the life of me, can I understand? I cannot understand why we insist with the I tournament or I angler tournament app. I am not gonna pull punches on this. That app is crap, and it show, showed its rear face again on tournament day, and it really, really made a whole mess out of an otherwise great event. And I'm going to explain what happened. So somewhere down the line, doing halfway through the tournament, the app goes offline, drops, crashes, whatever you want to call it. I had already submitted my first three fish. At the end of the day, my first fish was my biggest fish. The other two that I submitted early in the morning were cold, or one of them was cold. Um, after the iAngler app uh, crash, I couldn't upload my second and third, my third, I'm sorry, my fourth and fifth fish. So once the app went back online, I submitted my fourth and fifth fish. And I noticed that the app said I had no fish logged. Um, and I was like, that's weird because I remember early in the morning submitting my first three fish. So I had to resubmit my first three fish and plus the other two fish I caught once the Angler app uh, was back. And then I called one of my small fish from the morning and another fish and my fifth fish. So um, I stuck around for the awards to find out what's going to be in the money. I ended up with seven, 75 and three quarter inch when they announced the 18th place, which was the last one in the money. Um, it was he had 76 something inches. So I figured I'm not going to stick around. It's taking long enough. I'm, I had a almost three hour drive home. So I went home. Uh, halfway home, I talked to my buddy, Charlie Wells, and he congratulated me because I ended up in 13th place. I'm like, I don't think that's right, but I was like, oh, great. Maybe I didn't do my math right because I'm an idiot and math is not my thing. And I'm in 13th place, so I get a check. So I get home. I'm excited. I looked at the leaderboard. I looked at my account. My account for shows seven fish, the seven fish that I caught. On the leaderboard, it says that I caught 10 fish. And it entered my biggest bass twice. I don't know why. So I entered that my first three fish before the crash. After the crash, it shows on my account that I had no bass entered or no fish entered. So I re-entered them. So I didn't submit it twice. As far as I was concerned, um, it erased it. So I would never submit a fish twice. As soon as I saw that, and as soon as I saw that it counted my big fish twice, I messaged Duke Tran. It was late in the evening, and I apologize. Hey, Duke, I, I'm sorry I'm messing you this late, but before this goes any further, it shows that I have 78-plus inches, and I'm at 13th place. That is not accurate. I should have 75 and three-quarters, and once you take me out of 13th place and move everybody up one spot, I should have ended up at 18th place, which is in the money. I think the last one in the money. I have Duke received the message. He thanked me for reporting it, said he will get back to me. I haven't heard things. This is I haven't heard anything since. This is Thursday. It still still shows me in the 13th spot as of right now. Um, but I hope they get that fixed. So if you already been paid, uh, contact Duke Trend. Make sure that got sold out because I don't want to get money that I'm not owed. I may get a like a fifty dollar check for 18th place, um, but I'm definitely not in 13th place, so I shouldn't get that money. Anyways. I just want to get that out there and hopefully they get us off. Other than that, tournament was great. Big thank you to Duke Trent, the kitchen crew, the beer, the Western Sambaca, everything. It was amazing. Great tournament.
Um, we're, before we bring in our next guest, quick thank you to Douglas Rod. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. Check out their full lineup of LRS, X-Matrix, and award-winning five fishing rods. These rods are amazing. That's all I carry. On my five fishing rods, on my conventional spinning rods are Douglas rods. I love them. They're great rods, and they're at a fair price. So go check it out, douglasoutdoors.com. We're going to a quick Waypoint commercial, and then we'll bring Randy Dotson right in. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Mr. Randy Dotson, how you doing, man? Pretty good. How about yourself? It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, and uh, so thank you for taking the time. Um, I know you probably had a busy schedule, so I appreciate it. Yes, sir. So, Randy, uh, before we dive in into your big win, uh, and again, congratulations. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Randy. What do you actually do for a living, and how did you end up um, getting into kayak fishing and tournament fishing? Well, I, I'm a machinist. I've been a machinist since I was 22. Oh, wow. I worked at the same shop in Georgetown for 20, 21 years. Uh, I'm 61. Uh I used to bass fish a whole lot, uh, tournament fish and fished in big boats and clubs around Abilene, Texas. And uh, about 20, 21, 22 years ago, I, I quit. My wife wanted me to quit. I was I was never home on the weekends and everything, so I did, I, I quit it. And uh, no regrets. Uh, started started again about two and a half, three years ago, and uh, and I got a kayak. And uh, I, last year, actually, in the in the throwdown last year, it was the first kayak tournament I fished, and it. It kind of it kind of got my blood going again to, to do the competitive fishing. And I fished a, tur a couple of tournament trails uh, over the year, and uh, then ended up with the throwdown last weekend. And that's that's where it all started with the kayaks. Just here recently, I'm no I'm no stranger to fishing. Although I did take the like I say 20 year hiatus. Kids are all gone now. I told my wife I'm gonna fish, and uh, and so that's what I'm doing. Now she can't. She can't wait to get you out of the house now, right? <laughs> she has no problem now. No. Well, again, congratulations, Randy. Um, you said you fished some local trolls. What what trolls are you fishing right now? Where are you located in Texas, by the way? I'm in Colleen, Texas. Uh, like I say, I work in Georgetown, Texas. It's, it's, it's suburbs kind of in the Austin area. All right. Uh, I fished the West Texas Kayak Trail. Oh, nice. This year mainly because I grew up in the Abilene area and I was familiar with all the lakes. I was going to fish cats, but it, 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 it doesn't gone. exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. as you probably well know. Yeah. And uh, then I put it up between Southeast Texas, Chris's trail and uh, West Texas. And I picked West Texas over that because a couple of lakes in the Southeast still Sabine and Toledo were 
were just too far, Sabine and Fork, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and there was a, there was a few far ones. Lake Champion ain't ain't a ain't a short drive by any stretch. Yeah. But uh, and I fished the uh, Andrew Jacobson. Jacobson. He started the uh, Texas Kayak Open Series. It was just yep. a three, three trail event. Uh, kind of a high stakes, higher payout. Uh, yep. 150 dollar entry fee, I believe it was, and uh, uh, he fished uh, LBJ, I believe Possum Kingdom, Houston County, and and they're not going to have that anymore. That's a shame. They, they just didn't get they didn't get many, much uh, participation in it, you know. Yeah, it's been there for the last two years, but yeah, I think this is the last year. Yeah, it, uh, and I did fairly well on both of them. I qualified for the classic in the West Texas. I finished, uh, I think, 11th in Angler of the Year, and. Uh, I didn't win any. I got, I got, uh, I think three top tens and a, a 16th and a 22nd, something like that. Uh, I've been close. Uh, I, I've had, I've fished some tournaments where I could have won, but, uh, either flops off the board or, uh, just not fishing clean. I'm getting, it, I, it's took me a while to get used to, to landing fish and catching fish in the kayak, even casting. It's, it's all different. It's a different ball game. What do you think is the biggest difference between fishing? From a boat turn from a boat to a kayak, not tournament, just in general. To me, to me, uh, you, are you talking about tournament planning or just no, just in just in general? Uh, to me, to me, uh, when I'm in a big boat, I stand up and fish, mm. and and I and I'll do that once in a while on a kayak, but it's the the casting in in initially the accuracy I had with casting sitting down was way off from from what I could do standing up. Now I've gotten way better over it, mainly because I've been doing it for two years now. So I can I can pitch and place the lure pretty accurately now. Uh, to me, that was the biggest adjustment. And, uh, that, yeah. that go through. What about setting the hook? To me, I think it's always like setting the hook, just, I, just different. I had to I had to watch the straight overhand hook sets because I would hit the rods behind me. <laughs> so uh, if if I missed the hook set, I would. So I, I've kind of gotten where I, I'll. I'll do it to the side or something now and uh, and and that you don't get as good a hook set in a kayak there's no, no way. definitely not i found out at like like champion uh, or like brady uh those fish are really deep in the brush and you got to really get a good hook set on those fish get your head turned and get them out and i was just losing too many too damn many fish and that stuff because i couldn't get the really good hook set i've, I've kind of got a method now down where i can i'm doing that better uh, live and learn. Like I say, I'm 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 learning at this stuff. Still, is I'm by no means an expert in the kayak. I guarantee you. Well, you bit 187 of the best anglers in Texas, so I'm I'm saying you're doing pretty good at learning. <laughs> yeah. So, how does it feel to win this tournament? You did pretty good last year, right? You get in the top ten last year. I think like fourth I got, place. I got I tied for fourth with Rolando, yeah. and he had a yeah. bigger fish, and I got the fifth place money. All right, that's what year. I remember. And uh, th this year, you know, if you go back to like nine or nine o'clock in the morning, uh, I got like two little dinks, and that's it. And uh, I'd prefish, I'd prefish that lake, and done really well. Uh, Still house or before. Belton, sir? Still house or Belton? Which I one? I fished Belton. I fished Belton. Oh. Uh, I like Belton. I picked, I picked it over Steel House because the grass in Steel House is just getting too much. Yeah, there, there's just it's way too, too much of it. It's it's really hard to unless you get on some fish early on that lake. It's it's hard to pinpoint any fish later in the day. If you get it's, a good early bite on Stillhouse, you can kind of stay on them, but uh, it's it's hard to get that good early bite. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been in that lake and 
in just nothing in the morning. It, it's Clearwater Lakes. I think it's a big struggle for me, and I think for a lot of anglers, like you said, once especially in Texas and in at you know at, at this time of the year, the water, even the temperatures, relatively warm. I think that day was like ninety degrees, and when you get that Clearwater Lake and you have like twenty feet of visibility down, it just makes it really hard to fish on a on a bluebird sky day that's sunny and and pretty warm, if not hot. So yeah, I, I can totally see that. Um, Belton is just, it's so funny that those, like, I don't think they're even a mile apart. They're and completely yet, opposite. So. And they're, they're so opposite one from each other. One it's is wild. total grass and the other one is no grass to where to be found. There's not uh, a lick of vegetation in Belton. Did you caught any smallmouth bass? In the tournament? No, I have caught smallmouth at Belton before though. Oh yeah? And yeah. Sports. I think that was my biggest enjoyment of 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 fishing that lake i caught i broke my personal best in smallmouth now anybody that's listening that's from the north you know a 16 and a half and a 16 inch smallmouth bass is not overly big again if you're closer to the north border but for us texas a 16 and a half and a 16 inch smallmouth bass that's like catching a 20 inch largemouth bass it's just not that prevalent and it's funny how easy they were like pre-fishing and fishing the tournament i caught like almost a dozen of them i mean they weren't all measurable but i was like man this is a pleasant surprise just finally hooking to some meaningful smallmouth bass you don't get a lot of those here in in texas we do have a lake here. Lake Grapevine holds, and it's and it keeps being stocked with uh, smallmouth bass. But I've never gotten anything even close to that big. So it w- it was definitely fun. Well, tell me a little bit about what you found on prefish. How many days did you prefish? Just one, two, three. And I fished the Saturday before the tournament. Well, oh, I yeah. actually, I fished I fished three weeks ago uh, before the uh, West Texas uh, Classic. Oh, okay. Tournament. And uh, I did really well. I probably had about 82 inches. I caught fish till oh. like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, then fast forward three weeks later, I, I went to the same spot, but further up, fished further up from where I left off and uh, got skunked. I mean, I, nothing, not I caught two catfish, and that's it. And so I was kind of like, oh, man, I'm, I'm going to do like crap in this term. So I went back Sunday. And I had a pretty good limit of about 80 inches by about 9 o'clock in the morning. And and that, that area was the same area where I caught the fish the three weeks prior. So uh, that's where I fished in the tournament. And uh, at, like I say, while I go at 9 o'clock, I didn't have much at all. And, and I, I got a 19-inch fish to hit. And about 30 or 40 minutes later, I caught another 19-inch fish. Well, one was 19 and three quarters. One was 19 and a half. And then I caught like a 10-inch, 10 and a half inch fish to round that what i had up to 75 inches and, and the bat shut off for a while and about about 130 it picked up again and just fortunate enough the last fish i caught is 255 p.m 18 and a quarter inch and and it it gave me about three or three and a half inches to my to my bag and that's what put me in the that's what put me in the lead five minutes till three wow yeah. um how how was the what was the bite like like what were you catching them on and if you don't mind saying of course no. like what what type of geographic are you like are we fishing like deep ledges 
building no, the bank offshore. What was what was the structure that you were fishing like? The structure I was fishing was the, the, the places the places up in Cowhouse Arm of the lake. The the the, the creek channels are clearly marked by by timber. Okay. It's vertical timber that's sticking up about right now it's sticking up about four or five feet, just straight like fence posts. Almost. Yes. And uh, I'm fishing the mud flats. I was staying off the rocky banks altogether. I was I was fishing the mud bottoms, the slick bottoms, and fishing concentrating on laydowns, mainly mainly scattered ones. Okay, uh, not 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 where a whole bunch of them were all down a long bank, but you know, a laydown out there by itself, nothing else within 20 feet of it, all the way around. That's the kind of stuff I was concentrating on, kind of close to those, in about four to six feet of water, two to two to six feet of water. But within about 50 feet or so of most of that stuff, the water would drop down to 13, 15, 13 to 20 feet, depending on where I was. So all the stuff was fairly close, like I say, to a, to a ditch or a creek channel. And, uh, and I concentrated on more isolated stuff. So, like, more like what depth do you think you were catching them on? You said, like, 15, 20 feet or shallower? No, no, two to six feet. Oh, two to six feet. Okay, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And uh, were you – so what area of the lake were you fishing at? What did you launch for, if you don't mind me asking? The paintball course on the west end of Bloor Park. Oh, Bloor Park. Okay, west end of Bloor Park. Yeah, that's kind of similar to where I found them. Um, I I don't – I'm not that familiar with the lake, but I fished, I think, at the other side of Bloor Park. Um, and it was, uh, I forgot the name of it, um, uh, but some marina, I, I should have looked it up before I, I referenced it. But anyway, same thing, just like really shallow. Like I was literally, my first bite was on top water and it was like literally two, six inches deep. Yeah, like it, it was, it was some very good shallow fish. Yeah. They were really, really shallow. What, uh, what bait worked for you the most? I was using a quarter ounce underspin with a, with a, Two and a half inch, three inch uh, zoom shad tail bait, uh, little, just a little quarter ounce underspin. That was the most productive bait early. I missed some on a buzz bait. That is completely missed alert. I missed one on a pop hard. That was one I started out with, and it, and, the, and the fish hit it, and it just threw the lure right up into a tree and snagged the limb. I had to get, go run the spot no, hey, well, and get my lure off. And uh, so I got rid of that and went to a buzz bait. They were hitting that shore. I went to underspin and caught the two real quick early. But I didn't know, like I say, nothing else till about 9 a.m. And I went to a uh, kind of a red uh, flake, black red flake. Uh, uh, I think it's I think it's four inch uh, baby brush pig, Texas rig. So you were so as the day went uh, as this day got warmer, you went more to like kind of finesse style, I guess. Yeah, I was fishing. Or, I was fishing those shallow laydowns. I was and getting right up in the middle of them with that brush pig, just kind of dragging it through slowly. I also had some good hits on a uh, weightless worm, a weightless rig, uh, uh, wacky cool? rig, a wacky rig, nice. Yeah, and but, but when the wind got up, it, it got too hard to fish that and, and to cast it good. So I went to a I had a quarter ounce uh, rig creot hook, like I say, a, a black red flake creature bait, uh, brush pig. Nice, yeah. It's, it's kind of similar to what I never, I never even got a chance to try the um, more like Texas rig and all that because I, I felt like the moving bait and the bait imitation 
was just doing so well that I was like, there's no need for me to finesse. But that was just what I was fishing. Mine was really my first one. My biggest fish came on on the Whopper Plopper. So this is funny because I on pre-fishing, I, I, I pre-fished Steelhouse Lake. I went upriver, struggled a lot. It was really dirty and muddy and really shallow. Same thing with uh, Belton um, the next week. Um, and that was Friday. I went for whatever reason. I don't know. I figured out, let me go more up north of the river, kind of like upriver um, and see if I can get away from people. But sure enough, I had it to myself, but it was like it was like less than an inch visibility. The, the water level was so low that all that silt on the bottom um, was just being churned up and you couldn't see anything. So I finally went to where I ended up fishing. And again, I forgot the name of that area, but it's Mid Lake. Um on the east side of the lake and i was struggling i ran into my good friend charlie wells and i was like man i can't catch anything and he, he was telling me just just look look shallow just stay really parallel to the to the shallow areas in the rocky areas and sure enough i just started paddling not even casting i could see smallmouth just coming up to corner bait fish and go back down and I did that on pre-fishing. I had like an hour to pre-fish after all that. And I did caught some uh, smallmouth bass with it. So I was thinking, okay, they're they're really coming up shallow. And on tournament day, that, that's all it was. It was shallow driving crankbait. So a whopper pop a whopper plopper first, that small one. So when I when I after a Friday, I went up to a little store over there. I forgot the name of the store. It's a little trailer. Um, actually, pretty big trailer. But it's a mom and pop tackle shop. I, if, I wish I could remember the name because I would have given so much um, publicity and um, shout outs to them because they were a really nice couple, older couple. And um, anyways, they had a great selection. And I spent like $70 just on small bait uh, fish lures, anything that was small and looked like a bait fish. And that really killed it. That really killed it. It was all everything that you I littles my so the whopper plopper was the smallest one that you can get. I forgot the size of it or the name of it, but it's the whopper plopper, the really small one. The second bite that I got was a I'm assuming it was a huge fish, judging by the pull on the line. But to me, what happened was I was at I was re-rigging everything, even my leader lines. Like I usually, I change all my leader lines the day before the tournament just to make sure I get brand new leader lines and leader knots. And I was so try tired that I was messing up the knot. And I was remember thinking to myself, I shouldn't do this when I'm so tired. And sure enough, that second bite that I had was a big bite. It The um, leader knot came undone and I lost it. <laughs> I lost more than a fish. I almost lost my mind. But after that, it was just crankbait, um, like you said, small underspin. Um, every, anything that was small and looked like a bait fish was getting bites. Yeah, I, I really like that underspin lure in, in the fall time. It's a, it seems to be to do really good on almost everywhere I go this time here. Yeah, it's been it's it's been a tough transition. Like the last couple of weeks, the I say the last month has been tough fishing here in Texas. You know, I, I couldn't wait for the temperatures to drop, but it's it's got them on a funk for some whatever reason. Maybe I just don't know what I'm doing, which is probably the most likeliest reason why I'm not catching them. It, those both of those lakes have been super tough. Like I said, 
The Saturday before the tournament, I skunked. I didn't catch a single bass, not one. I mean, not even a dink, not a single bass. Yeah. And uh, I, I just got fortunate enough to find an area that was uh, that was holding some fish and and just stayed on it, you know. Because uh, like I say, it, they should, when they shut down, it was a couple hour period where I didn't get anything. And about one thirty, I cold three fish from one thirty to two fifty five. So that's awesome. So. When did you realize, because as soon as I got to the, um, not the captain's meeting, but the award ceremony, when the, even before the raffle started, which is before the um, the actual ceremony, um, award ceremony, um, I already heard it's like, oh, Randy Dotson won it. Uh, somebody told me, it's like, oh, no, he won it. He got, I see somebody told me you got like 92 inches, but then turns yeah, out that, you that's got my fault. What happened was when I caught that 18 and a quarter, I thought I, I thought I was, I, I never even saw the leaderboard because the app was messing up. And, and when I loaded my fish up, the, the leaderboard was shut off, okay? So I never knew what anyone else had, and I never knew what mine was added up except in my head. And I thought I was culling. I thought I was culling like a 12-and-a-half-inch fish, but I was culling a 14-and-a-quarter-inch fish. Oh, okay. So the difference the, the, the difference between an inch and a quarter or whatever it was is eight. I had, instead of 89, I thought I had 91-and-a-half or 92, but I was an inch-and-a-half less than that. So when did you realize you win it? When they announced it or you knew already before that that you pretty no, much uh, won it? Uh, Porter, uh, Eric Porter told me uh, about 10 minutes before they started uh, naming off the places. Uh, when they started announcing like 18th, 17th, he, he came yeah. and told me. He came and told me that, that, that I won. I had 80, 89.75, uh, that 88.75 was second. And I and I told him, yeah, I had added it up on my on my phone, and I realized I didn't have ninety two. Uh, and like I said, that was my fault. But, uh, I I just I just thought I was calling a different fish than I was. So, well, regardless, you won, and you got the you got the uh, the check that goes with it as well. How did you feel once you find out you won? Well, I was pretty happy. I was uh, it, it, it's it's a it's a mixed emotion. I've won, I've won, I've won turns before. I've never won one, uh, I'd say, uh, this prestigious, you know, uh, this many anglers. Uh, most of what I've won before is, is smaller tournaments, trail tournaments, and uh, bass club tournaments, stuff like that. You know, it still feels good anytime you win something. But uh, I've never won anything of this magnitude with 187 anglers. Not, not anything even close. I Especially a whole lot though of a meter. So. And especially considering the uh, the talent level, I know it's uh, Texas Trail, but I mean, pretty much everyone that uh, dominated in the National Trail from Texas, other than Guillermo Gonzalez, which he was fishing on Pickwick, but everybody else like Matthew Scott, J.R. Maccabee, who won it last year, uh, Rolando Nandine was there, Jeremiah Smith. I mean, there was just a bunch of anglers. I don't know if Brian Scarberry was there as well. I, I, I think he was, but I'm not sure. Um, but anyways, regardless, it was just at the throwdown this year. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, it was stacked. Yeah, a bunch of good anglers there. Yeah. <laughs> so to win that tournament, I put it just equal to winning like a national trail. I not many national trails get 187 anglers, especially with that caliber of talent that we have here in Texas. So it's, I mean, yeah, I don't, no I don't see it diff any different. So how much was the, the actual uh, price, if you don't mind me asking? The prize money? Yeah. 
I was told it was twenty three fifty, twenty one fifty for first and two hundred for king of the region. Oh, that's no problem. That's not nice. I mean, that's not bad at all. I would get would be twenty three fifty. That's why. That's not bad at all. But like I said, I haven't got anything yet. But uh, yeah, still, I, like I mentioned the intro, I still they're still working out. Um, again, that whole mess with I angler and I and I pray to God Duke Trent just could stop using that because it's it's a mess. Every time I fish a tournament, I've had a problem with that with that app. It's been bad for me the the past past three or four times. West Texas uses it. Uh, Central Texas uses it. Uh, I fish. I, I forgot. I fish some of their about four of their events also. Um, and I fish a little bit of the the little uh, what do you call them uh, charity events yeah. here and there. I don't ever pre fish those. Uh, I, if I'm gonna go fishing and there's a thirty dollar forty dollar tournament in the neighborhood, I'm gonna go ahead and fish it. You know. There you go. That's the way I look at it. What's your favorite fish down in West Texas? I mean, your favorite fishery or lake, river, whatever. I, yeah. I would have to say Lake Leon is probably my favorite. Lake Leon, yeah, they have yeah. that on the Slay Nation tour. I don't know if you really call that West Texas, but it's uh, that's 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 a hell of a lake right there. Yeah, that is. I my I think one of my first tournaments um, with Slay Nation was on Lake Leon. I didn't catch anything, but yeah, it is. It is a really nice lake. You catch that lake when it's full, and uh, you, you'll want to. No, you won't want to fish anywhere else. <laughs> it's a, yeah. it's how, it can be that good. How far is Lake Leon from where you live? It's a bit, Leon isn't that bad. This is a hundred and shoot. I want to say hundred and fifty nine miles. Something. No, like it's that. not that bad. It's not. No, it's not that bad at all. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go to uh, Choke Canyon for the first time Saturday. It's two hundred thirty miles. It's about a four hour drive. So. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, I've never uh, been there. I want to fish that lake so damn bad. I think my good buddy asked um, Albert fishes from uh, from Canyon Choke Canyon. Is it? I have to find out because I know there's. I always get it confused. Choke Canyon and Canyon Lake. I always get those two lakes confused. So, but you saying you're gonna fish uh, Choke Canyon or Canyon Lake? Choke Canyon. I'm gonna go Choke Canyon Saturday. Me and another guy going to Jerry Lawan, a friend of mine. We're gonna meet up there. Saturday and uh, see if we can. Uh, I'd like to see an alligator. <laughs> to be honest with you, and, uh, <laughs> and catch a few bass on top of that. You want to see an alligator? <laughs> never seen one. Oh man! As, you, as much as I fish, I've never seen a damn alligator. You got to go to Sam Rayburn. There's there's some prehistoric monsters over there. Somebody posted just the last week or this week a picture of just like an enormous uh, alligator just hanging out by by the bank, and I was like, Good lord, I don't. I don't. I've I've ran into a couple of like big alligators in Lake Fork, and granted, I haven't heard from anybody that has uh, been attacked by an alligator here in Texas. My whole thing with that is, once you encounter like a 12, 15 foot alligator, you realize you're you're there until they decide you you're on their menu like i i feel uncomfortable knowing that i'm on a little plastic boat and if at any time this alligator <laughs> decides he's gonna have me over for dinner there's really nothing i can do about it like i was like i'm living under his terms and that kind of makes me very uncomfortable <laughs> yeah I, it, I, there's no way i would go to a choke canyon by myself the first time <laughs> I, like I said, i've never been there so i had to find someone to go with me we're gonna see if we can gather up a few more and make a make a 
deal out of it Saturday. But. Yeah, it's uh, I've never been to Cho Canyon, so I'm really excited to go there. But yeah, I think Albert fishes out of Canyon Lake is the one he fishes out of. But it's a, uh, it's a pretty, it, it we're blessed when you live in Texas and you love bass fishing because there's so many, so many fisheries around here that just hold gigantic bass and even. And now, we, you know, we got lakes that are stocked with good, you know, smallmouth bass. Nothing like you would get, I guess, in Ohio or Portland or even the Susquehanna, but still you can get some decent smallmouth bass here as well. So Yeah, yeah you bring that up. It, it didn't used to be that way. I mean, in, in, you, if you look back in the 80s, I don't know how long you've been bass fishing, but it, it was rare to catch a 10-pound-plus bass. Anyway, yeah. there was, a, there was a, just a, a couple, three, four lakes in the state of Texas. And you can just about go to any lake in the state of Texas and have a ch legitimate chance catching a ten pound bass. Yep. What the Parks and Wildlife done in this, with the fisheries in the states in this state is amazing. Yes. No. Over and the and, past thirty years. I, and that's what one thing that uh, Texas Park Park and Wildlife Department is. I mean, that's probably the best government organization we have here in Texas because <laughs> they really they really know what they're doing. Um, by the way, if anybody hasn't watched it yet. Um, that kind of documentary nature film that came out, uh, I think Matthew McConaughey is the one narrating. Oh my God, I forgot how to say that word. Narrating that documentary. That is a great documentary. I mean, it really, I was really like proud to be a Texan. just, you know, knowing the diversity of wildlife that we have here. So I thought it was really interesting. Have you watched that one um, lately? It just came out. No, I don't believe I've seen that. No, That's I, really I've good. Seen some other stuff, but uh, I don't believe I caught that. One. I'll look for it though. Yeah, it's. I think it's on. It came out on limited theaters here in Texas, but I think now it's you can watch it on streaming services. My um, wife watch anything with Matthew McConaughey in it. So. Oh, there you go. Well, he's not. <laughs> just tell her. It just you know warn her. She, he's not there. He's just his voice. Oh, it's just his voice. Just okay. his voice. He's narrating on it, but it's uh yeah, but it's pretty good. It's really good. It kind of makes you. Glad that you live in Texas because there's there's a lot of like wildlife. And that's one of the things that I love about wildlife, uh, about kayak fishing. You get to see a lot more wildlife because you're more like quiet. You know, you don't have that big uh, motor just speeding along the bank. You know, it's just you. You can go deeper creeks and, you know, even like. Uh... It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This tournament, I i mean, I hadn't seen so much deer and I don't like I was surprised how much deer there was at that lake. It was like everywhere. Deer everywhere. It's like, man, God, it's like, I guess they're not allowed to hunt them here <laughs> next to the lake or something. They were everywhere. So yeah. it was cool. 
when we went to San Angelo, uh, OC Fisher, I don't know if you ever heard of OC Fisher Lake. No, I haven't. In San Angelo. But I, by pulling in, you got to pay to uh, stuff an envelope, put it in a little box and everything, and I'm going there. About eight wild pigs cross the road in front of me. And then a couple deer, and then there's a porcupine. It's the first time I've ever seen a porcupine in my damn life. Really? On Texas? In the road, right in the middle of the road. And I'm like, what is that? And I get out, it's a damn porcupine. That is awesome. I haven't seen one. Sir? I haven't seen one of them. I've never seen one. Not in Texas. That's the only one I've ever seen ever. (laughs) It was more like I was going through a zoo than getting to the ramp, though. (laughs) There were so much damn animals. I fished Fairfield Lake. Have you ever fished Fairfield Lake? No, it's uh, Central Texas. You got to fish that lake. They changed it to Stillhouse, and they said they'll never do that again. <laughs> you you, you got to fish um, Fairfield Lake. It's an amazing fishery. I mean, it's just humongous bass. But don't make the same mistake that I meant, that I was misinformed about the areas where it says do not um, trespass, do not fish. I was told that because the power plant was decommissioned that you can fish that area, but later find out that you're not allowed to fish that area, even though the power plant is decommissioned. But I did, because again, and I apologize to the Rangers that day because I was had the bad some bad information. But I did get into those creeks and I saw what I've I had to Google it because I need not understand what I was looking at. I thought it was a raccoon, but it didn't really look like a raccoon. So while I'm looking at it, I'm Googling it, it would turn out to be like a ringtail um something was ringtail monkey or something like that it's not a monkey but it's called forgot what it was never seen it in texas turns out they're really abundant in that area and i'm very ringtail ring i'm gonna look it up real quick ring tail um yeah ringtail cat that's what it's called it's a ringtail cat i've never seen one before i was blown away when i saw it because it has kind of like the tail of a raccoon but it's really slender has big eyes and I saw it and I was like, that is not a raccoon. What is that? So I looked it up and I was looking at it while I was Googling it. Uh, I think I Googled like Texas wildlife critters or, and I finally found it. And I was matching it when I'm looking on the phone to what I was looking, you know, just walking under trees and it turned out to be a ringtailed cat. So I was blown away by that. So love to see wildlife here. It's one of the perks of being here in Texas. <laughs> Yes, I've been trying to talk my wife into into buying her a kayak and her going, and she won't she won't have nothing of. I tell her, I tell her it's just worth it to be out there and see the sunrise come up and watch oh, yeah. the wake up, and that's what it's all about, man. The last time, so I had two kayaks. Um, I'll tell you why I had to sell the second kayak. So I took I took my wife bass kayak bass fishing, a uh, small little lake over here in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Mariners, no. What's the name of that lake? Forgot about it. It's it's the one to hear by TCC. But anyways, we got on the lake, and sure enough, um, this like huge water moccasin just swimming right up to the kayak where she's at. It's trying to get on top. She's trying for whatever reason, and I've seen that happen before. For whatever reason, the kayak, the snakes want to get on your kayak, especially water moccasins. I don't know why. But it was was swimming right to her, got up to the edge and wanted to get on the kayak. My wife freaked out and like, yep, you can sell my kayak. I'm not using that thing anymore. (laughs) So, yeah. So anyways, that's that's the reason why I don't have two kayaks. But you ever had that happen before? Have like a water mocassin come up to your kayak and try to get on? 
not not on my kayak. I used to in in West Texas back in the eighties. Uh, to inner tube fishing was real popular. Oh yeah, and and snakes used to pop up on top of those once in a while. Oh yeah, no. I used to. I started doing that um, in Lake Levon, and then started kayak fishing. And once I saw what alligators and gator guards, and I know gator guards are not gonna harm you, but if I'm on a little um, tube, like tube fishing, whatever they call it, and I see a four foot, six foot gator guard, I'm gonna freak out. I don't care if that thing's not gonna harm me. It's like no, I'm not interested. <laughs> Too scared for that. I have had a snake in my kayak. Uh... When I left the kayak uh, overnight. Oh, really? When I camped out and I had a snake in it the next morning. And when did you notice it? After I got in the kayak, it got oh, out. Oh, my God. Out. Oh, so you, was it a venomous snake or just? Like, no, no, tired? no. It was just a regular water snake, diamondback water snake. Damn. Did you freak out? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I, I based it and looked in there real good and make sure there wasn't any more. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Um, Marcus Coates last year on the Bass Nation Kayak Series in Lake Fork, that was 2021. He had like a small adolescent gator get up on his kayak, like literally get on his kayak. That that's where I was like, nope, not. Nah, I don't care how small that gator is, I'm not getting on my kayak. <laughs> <laughs> that is not so. So hopefully that won't happen to you, Randy, when you go to Canyon Lake. To check out the gators but be aware they might get on your kayak especially the small ones they're just curious yeah i can't wait to fish that lake i've been wanting to fish that in a while everyone tells me how it's too fishery uh but it, everyone mentions the alligators to be yeah. to be sure on that thing yeah central southeast texas has a little bit more alligators than i'm comfortable with we have a few san here antonio's in Fort Worth. Got, san antonio's got a tournament coming up on it next month and then chris is going to have one he had the central division i don't know if you, you probably know about that with yeah the southeast with the new texas kayak bass league yeah i saw that i saw the uh, schedule choke canyons on there as well for that so i've never been on it and two tournaments coming up i plan on fishing so I, i'm gonna get on look at it anyway yeah man this is gonna be fun so randy i've had you for almost 45 minutes i really want to thank you for taking the time to come up to the podcast again congratulations what what do you have like you, you just mentioned a couple of tournaments but what about next year are you planning if, have you ever thought of doing any national trails that come close to texas or in texas what are your what are your plans for next season there's a there's a couple of guys in uh in west texas uh del griffin and uh, jake manis that fish the hobie boats mm -hmm. and uh they don't they don't fish all of them i think uh dale's in the the classic that they're having oh, nice. the shadow. And uh Jake didn't qualify. He needed to fish one more tournament and he just couldn't make it. But uh, uh if if they have the ones in Texas, I'm gonna fish a couple of those. And they told me it's like a three hundred and sixty dollar entry fee. So that's no, not that steep. bad. No, huh? no, 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 it's not that bad. It's I think it's two hundred and sixty five. Maybe you said two sixty then. I thought then, you said yeah. three sixty. No, two six. No, it's not that. No, it's not three sixty. I'm gonna, the ones that are in Texas next year. I'm gonna fish those uh, and just check it out. See how they. My other now I'm gonna fish West Texas. I'm gonna fish the East. I mean the the Central Division of the TKBL, TKBL, and uh, Houston County on the eastern side of that division. 
uh, that's that's all I've got lined up right now. And like I say, I always I'm always if something's in the area where there's a uh, charity tournament for Christmas on Fed or what have you, uh, if if I got the the time, I'm gonna go do it. So yeah. I enjoy it. I'll be out there. Well, Randy, I don't know if you have any sponsors, but I always like to give my guests a couple of minutes to thank anybody they want to thank, whether you have a sponsor, your wife, family, friends. Uh, if you want to thank anybody for um, helping yeah, you I with your kayak fishing. A list. It's, it actually, it's sponsored for the Texas, I mean, West Texas Kayak Trail. I wanted to mention those. Guys. Yeah, of course. Take your uh, time. We, we got LNA, LNA Roustabout, ProLine Marine in San Angelo. Peels Marine in Odessa, Happy Trails Outdoors in San Angelo, 4540 Construction in San Angelo. We got a lot of San Angelo uh, sponsorship. That's where a lot of the guys are from. But th these cats take really good care of our tournament circuit. They're really good to us. That's awesome. We try to do business with them anytime we can. That's awesome. And that's all I got with that, brother. Well, thank you again, Randy, for sharing that. And again, congratulations on your big win. I hope to see you in the water soon, if not on a tournament, yes, uh, you know, at least fun fishing somewhere. Um, and best of luck to you uh, for the remaining of the season and next season. Yeah, you too. It was, it was nice talking to you. And I hope to see you out in the water also. Yes, sir. Good luck to you. Have some tight lines, man. <laughs> tight lines. For those out there listening, if you made it this far, I want to thank you for listening. Um, if you're going to be on the water, as always, wear your PFDs. I've mentioned this because I know the name of the podcast is Bass Kayak and Beers. I That doesn't mean I encourage people to drink while they're on the water. But if you're going to be out kayak fishing, you're going to crack open a couple of beers, whatever you want to do. Just make sure you drink responsible, wear your PFDs, and make it back home to your loved ones. So on behalf of my sponsor, Douglas Rods, thank you for having me. Thank you, Randy Dodson, for joining us. Have a great weekend, everybody. Peace out.